This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with Christina Stoyanova and Graham Williams. We have a fun show for you today. So many apps to talk about. Of course, we've got uh, our creative uh, and our fitness apps of the week, Facebook tips, iPhone tips, uh, and uh, we also have a really cool Hot 5 countdown. This week, it's Hot 5 coding apps for kids. If uh, you've been uh, wanting your kids to learn more about coding, we've got uh, five great apps uh, that you should know about. Also, YouTube is uh, expanding their service in Canada with a new subscription package. We'll give you the lowdown on that. And uh, oh, so much more. Uh, A lot of uh, apps in the news uh, this week, guys. Uh, The new artificial intelligence-powered Google News app is now available for iOS. What's that all about? So Google has uh, basically replaced the old newsstand app with a new news app, and it's uh, actually quite beautiful. They've integrated material design, which if you've been familiar with Android over the course of the last few years, is sort of their flat minimalist approach. And in this case, the app is using AI to analyze your browsing habits and the things that are going on in uh, your, your Gmail to present news that it thinks might be beneficial for you. So Christina would get a lot of news about shoes for example. Just strictly shoes, nothing more. Just shoes. Doesn't everyone get that news? Is that just me? <laughs> I block shoe news. Uh, so this is interesting. Uh, on one one side, uh, cool, because it's customizing the news for users, but uh, any privacy issues here? Well, I mean, this is actually... Or we just, we don't care anymore. Okay, <laughs> let's be honest here. Google knows everything about you. So this is actually something interesting. Uh, Google has recently uh, sort of been held to the fire, actually as of yesterday morning, um, for a video that came to light from 2016 uh, called Google X Ledger. And this actually came out of the Google X uh, sort of incubator program inside uh, Alphabet, uh, wherein they were talking about how they could use data collection to help direct user behavior. And, you know, they're talking about it in a very positive way, very much like the AI that is, you know, basically deriving all of these headlines and stories for you. But the, the idea here is that eventually the system would start to make decisions for you in what it would direct you to do. So if it was looking at, uh, you know, one of the examples that it used in this video was that uh, they were showing people, uh, showing a user who wanted to be healthier. And so, you know, started to recommend different uh, organic foods and then 3D printed him a scale on the way home uh, when he was on his way home from work. So Google right now, you know, being a, this privacy behemoth where they're kind of eating all of your data and spitting stuff out, you know, we're, we're relying on them to be altruistic towards us. But I really, after seeing what ha- what's happened with Cambridge Analytica and Facebook, I don't really trust anyone anymore. So that's a really good question. Is it too late? It, it might be too late. I mean, if we take a look at Apple, Apple's been very, very dedicated at the idea of not having any of your information. And I mean, I think we'll probably talk about this at another time, but there was a user out there that um, for working for a, a journalistic organization who requested his data from Apple, from Facebook, and from Google. Facebook, the amount of data they had was over a gigabyte. Google was something like 600 megabytes, and Apple was five megabytes of data. That's it. Five megabytes. Five megabytes. So right now, I mean... <laughs> Credit <know>. card number. <laughs> <laughs> Name, address. Well, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, people seem to say, well, you know, you're, you're really on board with Apple for a number of things. Uh, for me, when it comes to privacy, I think there really is only one tech company right now that actually is fighting for you in that space, uh, and that would be Apple. Interesting. Five megabytes. Yeah. And how much was Facebook? Uh, over a gig. Over a gig. Yeah. Is it a fair comparison? Because Facebook, you're uploading so many pictures and stuff. I guess with Apple, though, you'd upload... 
your pictures. Well, I mean, that's it, right? Cloud, this, right? Is, this is data that Facebook has access to where Apple has all of your data on iCloud, but they don't have any access to it. You own the keys. Those keys are secure to your account and your device. So, I mean, they could legitimately, um, you know, go back and actually get those keys at the server level. Um, but if you're using iCloud, that's, you know, something that you have to, to, to sort of take into account. But they don't have them. They would actually have to have like a court order force them to do that. Interesting. Yeah. Instagram will soon show users how much time they spend in the app. Uh, Instagram, obviously, a very popular social uh, app for posting pictures and stories. Do you want to know how much time you're spending in the app? I think this is a useful feature, and I think people are starting to move more towards, uh, you know, being more focused on how much time they are spending in these apps. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I've deleted Facebook from my phone, and I think uh, I'm not alone. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people are actually sort of self-policing Instagram right now, mostly because of the fact that it's become, as it's being called, Adstagram. Um, so they're basically Instagram. looking at their time with Instagram and going, I'm going to spend less and less on it. I, I mean, for a lot of people out there, there is this addiction issue, right? And so being able to look at it and say, I am, I, I, I spent, you know, six hours last week. I'd like to do a little bit less this week. Being able to keep an eye on that. I don't think there's a downside here, is there? No. Are, do you guys use Instagram a lot? Um, I don't post a lot on Instagram, but I do enjoy, I, I mean, I'm interested in photography, so I do enjoy consuming the content for sure. But again, it, Facebook was a crutch for me. I, I mean, if I were waiting for something or I was in a social situation where, um, you know, like someone left the table and I was on my own, I'd be looking at Facebook and I wasn't really getting... See, seeing where they were going? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but it's what you do now, right? Yeah. You look at your phone and I wasn't really getting any value out of it. And I think um, for some people, Instagram can become that crutch, especially... Um, when you're looking at the more lifestyle side of content, like for me, it's for photography, but for some people, it really is a social network. So question, Graham, and you know the answer to this as well. Uh, so who cares that Instagram is putting uh, that feature and how much time you're spending on Instagram when you can look that up? I know in the iPhone, you can go right into the app section and see how much time you're spending on each app. Well, I, I think this is obviously for individual users. It's kind of a valuable thing. Yeah. Um, and I think parents actually would look at this and be able to, I mean, obviously, again, you can go in and see the amount of screen time, but looking at how they're probably going to break this down may actually give users the information they need to make better decisions about their life, which is, you know, maybe I'll actually leave my phone in my purse or my pocket while that person does get up away from the table. Or when I'm on the train, instead of keeping my head in my phone, you know, we live in beautiful BC. Actually, check out those gorgeous mountains every once in a while when they're not hidden by clouds. That's right. I think actually uh, the CEO of Instagram summed it up best when he said that any time on the app should be positive and intentional. And well, I think that's easy for him to say. But I think the point there is that a lot of us aren't being intentional anymore about it because we're just all addicted. So, uh, on the, on the social vein, next story here we're looking at, Facebook suspends approximately 200 suspicious apps out of thousands it's reviewed so far. So this is in the wake of the Cam, uh, Cambridge Analytica scandal where uh, hundreds of millions of people's personal data were used for nefarious purposes. And Facebook apparently changed their, uh, I guess, rules and code of conduct back in 2014 as to what apps could access and what they couldn't. And uh, this investigation has shown that 200 apps are still on the wrong side of, of that. 
Yeah. And I mean, they're doing the right thing by killing them here. Now, I will say this, and I said this at the time, Facebook originally came out and said, I believe it was 35 million accounts have been compromised and it was 50 million. Now it's 87 million. Uh, there are some rumors that it's actually over 130 million. I said at the time when we, we got the initial number that it was no way it was that low. There's, it's no way that this is only 200 apps. Um, they're going to be rolling this out over the course of the next few weeks where they're going to let us know we've killed another 50, we've killed another 100. So we will see this story a number of times right now uh, because there are plenty of apps out there that are not playing by the rules. It's still kind of scary. Like, I mean, so these 200 suspicious apps, like how far did that investigation go? Did it go and see how much information that they were accessing and what they did with that information or was it kind of more of a, a high level uh, so Facebook has said that they are going to release information on what what type of data that was and how they were breaching those agreements. Also in the news here, Tinder is testing location tracking features ahead of Facebook's dating app launch. Another another foray into uh, the loss of our privacy. Privacy. Well, I mean, this one's opt-in. Obviously, if you've got Tinder and you're uh, looking to... Uh, date someone on the Tinder service, you're already connecting up your Facebook account to it. You're doing a bunch of other things to uh, to make that account work. Uh, this is very similar to features that you will find in other apps like Bumble, uh, where basically you can see in real time who you've been around and uh, you can make connections that way. Does Bumble have that feature? Is that new? It does, yeah. Oh, have you not okay. seen it? <laughs> I swore off those dating apps a long time ago. Um, so essentially, this is this is kind of nothing new in the market. But uh, Tinder, obviously looking to be competitive, needs to uh, be out there with the most features. So this is not a surprise. Let's uh, send some love out to our iPhone users. iPhone tip of the week. Unleash the power of your iOS device. What do we got this week, Graham? So our iOS tip of the week is great for everyone out there who, you know, when their third grade math teacher said, you will not have a calculator with you, uh, has kind of laughed at them with the the advent of the smartphone. We'll actually go one step even further and we'll show you this week how to ask Siri to do math for you. Uh, this is actually very simple. All you have to do is press down the uh, home button uh, or the power button on the iPhone 10 or say, hey, Siri. My, stop, my phone has stopped doing stuff there. Um, and ask her or him, depending on your, who you're serious, to uh, do the math that you want them to do. So uh, you can basically recite an equation, uh, just move at a slightly slower pace, and uh, Siri will divide, multiply, subtract, add, and can do some slightly more complicated equations as well. Find the area of is actually a very popular one. Thanks, Graham. I don't know if you uh, heard this uh, news story. Uh, they actually uh, keep track of what babies are named down in the U.S., uh, and... Uh, names like Siri and Alexa, they have dropped dramatically. I, I don't think I would want my kid named Alexa either at this point. I've got so, a friend whose last name is Alexa, and I think she is absolutely miffed by this whole thing. I know. As we say Alexa right now on the show here, we're setting off everyone's uh, Amazon devices. Uh, but what's interesting, uh, 6,000 uh, babies were named Alexa last year, and I think this year is down to 3,000. But those babies did come with next day delivery, so it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, surprisingly, uh, Microsoft's voice assistant, Cortana, not a problem with that name. No? No. Well, I mean, there was a lot of uh, guys out there who probably played Halo, uh, who yep. named their kids Cortana over the course of the last decade or so. Uh, so I think they probably had the the run of Cortana. That's, yeah, it's an interesting name, Cortana. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the name of the Master Chief's AI in Halo, right? It's uh, this digital blue woman who is basically this voice in his head telling him what to do. Our eyes just glazed over. Everyone. Come on, people out there playing Halo, let me know. <laughs> well, you know what I th- find funny? Uh, 
lots of people have Windows 10 now. They, I, I think most people don't even know that there's a voice assistant called Cortana built into it. Well, you've got Siri built into Mac OS 10 as well, and it's just not something that I'm going to use. I mean, Siri is awkward enough when you're using it on your phone. I mean, you're out in public and you're asking Siri to do things. It's just odd. You know, I got her to call my parents and that kind of thing for me. But um, when you're sitting at your desk, especially in the office, do you really want to be saying like, hey, Siri, whatever? No, nobody wants that. So it's, a, it's an odd one. No, because then you set off everyone's iPhone. Exactly. When we come back from the break, we're going to find out about YouTube's new subscription services coming to Canada. Is it for you? Well, we'll give you the lowdown. Listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with... The App Show, Mike Agarbo here in studio. We uh, have just learned that uh, YouTube is uh, finally bringing some of their premium subscription uh, services to Canada. On the line, we've got our friend Patrick O'Rourke from Mobile Syrup. Thanks for joining us, Patrick. Thanks for having me. So uh, tell our listeners uh, what these new subscription packages uh, are all about. From my understanding, uh, they haven't been available in Canada yet, uh, and YouTube's just kind of renamed them and, and redefined them. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so the, there's two services. They're both coming to Canada. Uh, one is YouTube Music. It's sort of YouTube's premium um, music platform. It has music videos. It has covers. It's, it's more curated, so you're not going to run into random um, random videos uploaded by other users. This is all YouTube content, um, and, and that's sort of the key thing there. That's coming to Canada. We just don't know when. And then the second platform is called YouTube Premium. That's kind of YouTube's Netflix competitor. It has premium content that you can only access on the platform. Uh, probably the most well-known example is uh, PewDiePie used to have a show on it called Scary PewDiePie uh, that was removed from the platform um, and wasn't renewed for a second season, I believe. That's also coming to Canada at some point in 2018. We, we don't know when, though, unfortunately. And it's uh, Google... Um, and YouTube's competitor to Netflix or Amazon Prime Video. It's going to be interesting. Do you think there's enough content, uh, like good content on YouTube, for this to be, uh, I guess, appealing to a wide audience? Yeah, that, that's the interesting thing. I mean, they, they released a list of some of the shows and content hitting um, uh, YouTube Premium when it launches, and I didn't recognize any of it. So, I mean, they could have some stuff in the works. Uh, this is part of a broader global rollout for YouTube Premium, which used to be called YouTube Red. That's, that's part of this as well. Um, in regions where this premium service has already launched, they're changing it from Red to Premium, um, which is a, a little bit of a silly move, but I, I can kind of see um, why Google's doing it. I mean, it's easier to understand specifically what the platform is about when it's called Premium instead of Red. Um, so, I mean, hopefully there's more interesting stuff coming to YouTube Premium, especially with this global rollout. But as it stands right now, that doesn't really seem to be the case. Is this going to be confusing to consumers? Because they have the YouTube Music now, but Google also has Google Play Music. Is it kind of the same thing? Yeah, I mean, this is something we've seen before with Google with its messaging platforms. Google Play Music is focused uh, solely on just just music, right? Not, not music videos in the same way that um, YouTube... Uh, YouTube music is, but I mean, there is some overlap there, right? So as it stands right now, it looks like both platforms are still going to be around. Google made um, a, a significant emphasis in their press release about this change today, emphasizing that current Google Play Music users uh, will also get access to YouTube music. So it's not like Google Play Music is going anywhere. anywhere. Um, I just kind of question how long that's going to be the case or if eventually they're going to be combined into one unified service, which has also been rumored in the past. 
Well, it is interesting because it's such a competitive space uh, at the moment. Uh, you know, I'm talking about the music subscription uh, area. I mean, uh, Spotify is the dominant player out there right now. I think they've got over 70 million uh, listeners. Uh, obviously, Apple Music has made huge inroads as well. Uh, how well is Google doing in the music space? Uh, that, that's interesting. I, I'm not sure specifically what their subscriber numbers are, but I know Spotify is the dominant player. Um, Apple Music, uh, I think I think they just crashed, cr- uh, cracked the 40 million subscriber mark. Um, I, I would assume that Google Play Music is probably under both uh, uh, Apple Music and Spotify. Um, but but I, I don't know for sure, unfortunately. Yeah, it is interesting because I don't think any of them are making money on it yet. So I'm yeah. uh, I'm interested to see how well the whole YouTube uh, experience is going to be. Uh, does this mean that you can watch if you subscribe to the YouTube Premium, uh, you can watch any YouTube videos without any ads? Yes. Uh, so that's part of YouTube Premium too. You you can um, use the entire platform. Uh, as well as get access to the premium content, but there's no ads. So that that's another key um, feature that's included in YouTube Premium. I wonder, uh, have they made any mention of the pricing yet? I know down in the U.S. Uh, they've announced that YouTube Music Premium will be $9.99 and YouTube Premium will be $11.99, but that's U.S. pricing. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the prices that you just mentioned uh, in the U.S. are the same in Canada. I confirmed that with Google, Google Canada today, which is an interesting move because usually we're paying a little bit more up here. Um, for services like this by a few dollars just due to the value of the Canadian dollar. Um, but it looks like this time that's not going to be the case. Probably did some research uh, realizing that the nine ninety nine price point is uh, appeal- more appealing to consumers. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean if, if you're paying nine ninety nine uh, for all of those services, and, and in, in some respects they're kind of bundled together, um, it's, not, it's not that bad of a deal. It's a pretty appealing offering. Well, I want to thank you for joining us, uh, Patrick. No problem. Thanks for having me. That was Patrick O'Rourke from Mobile Syrup. When we come back from the break here on the App Show, it's the Hot 5 App Countdown. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Still lots more to talk about on today's program, including what's streaming this week on Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Crave TV. And uh, we also have our fitness and creative apps of the week coming up shortly. Before we get to our Hot 5 app countdown, let's get the Facebook tip of the week from Graham. So our Facebook tip of the week actually goes hand in hand with one that we've had before, which is how to download your archive of Facebook information. Um, You'll be able to find that in your settings uh, under the general settings option. Uh, Under there, after you've downloaded your archive, there's actually a really great Chrome extension called Facebook Archive Manager that will let you open that file up and specify date ranges uh, or people that you want to pull data from so you can actually sort through all of your stuff. So basically, once you've downloaded your archive, you can use Chrome to use Facebook Archive Manager to download and parse all of the stuff that you want to go through, helping you sort through and find data much quicker than you would do on Facebook. Thanks, Graham. Well, it's that time of the show. Thanks, Graham. Now it's time for the Hot Five. The Weekly App Hot Five. What is it this week, Christina? This week, we have the Hot Five apps to introduce kids to coding. Very uh, popular uh, topic right now. Let's start at number five this week. Hot Five coding apps for kids. Christina? Uh, this week's number five is CodeSpark Academy. This one is available on Android and iOS, and it's free. It's a fun little story-based game where kids actually help these fun little monsters navigate city streets by dragging and dropping commands. 
and visual blocks of code. So this one is teaching kids a little bit about the concepts of programming rather than a specific language. And it's suitable for kids age five and up. I should actually try these because I'd like to learn to code. I, I think these are great for any age, honestly. But if you're trying to make, uh, you know, your kids screen time more meaningful, this is a great way to do it. Talking about the Hot 5 app countdown this week. This week, it's coding apps for kids. Number four, Graham? Run Marcos. This is an adventure game designed for kids ages 6 to 12. It uses a visual programming language where kids can help the protagonists, Marco or Sophia, navigate through levels in this coding world. So they'll learn how to use commands, different types of iteration and conditional logic. And there's a rich storyline that's been designed by a team of engineering, arts and education experts. It's available in 26 languages and it's recommended by code.org for the global hour of code movement. I like how they make them all kind of game based because obviously kids respond uh, well to that. Uh, Number three on the hot five app countdown this week, we're talking about coding apps for kids. Christina? This one is called Daisy the Dinosaur. This one is actually only available for the iPad, but it is free. It teaches coding, uh, exposing kids to basic basic programming concepts with the help of mini word and puzzle games. The protagonist in this one is actually a cute little dinosaur named Daisy. So I feel like you can't go wrong with this one for younger kids. Who doesn't love dinosaurs? Right? Number two here on the Hot 5 app countdown, Graham. Hopscotch. Now, Hopscotch has been around for a while. It's been downloaded over 10 million times, and it gives kids the option to create games or to play them. So basically, the create option gives them the the opportunity to create games that feature art and stories and more. And there are some video lessons to get kids started. Uh, They will teach them snippets of popular games like Crossy Road and Pokemon Go. And so kids can play around with this and then submit their stuff to be played by others. And number one, we're talking about hot five coding apps for kids. Number one, Christina. Number one is Grasshopper, available on Android and iOS for free. It also has a web app. Grasshopper is actually newly released by Google's internal incubator, Area 120. And it aims to teach kids how to, well, not just kids, but adults as well, how to code in JavaScript through a series of fun mini games. There are bite-sized games, quizzes, Uh, You can learn the fundamentals of JavaScript, like calling functions, strings, and variables. And you can work through some puzzles and games uh, and lessons as well as they become more advanced. Uh, So this one's for ages four and up. But honestly, as uh, you get into the more advanced levels, I think it's probably more suitable for the older kids. That was the Hot 5 app countdown this week, coding for kids. Again, uh, just uh, going through them, number five was... Code Spark Academy, number four, Run Marco, number three, Daisy the Dinosaur, number two, Hopscotch, and the number one app for coding for kids this week, Grasshopper. We still have uh, a lot more coming up here on the App Show, including what's streaming this week on the streaming services. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be back shortly after this. You are back with the App Show. Before we get to what's streaming this week on Netflix, Crave, and Amazon, we're going to get our game app of the week, and for that, we go to Graham. So the game app of the week is inspired by such great Vancouver breweries as Bomber Brewing, uh, Storm Brewing, and Steel and Oak. This is Brewtown. So if you've ever wanted to start your own craft beer brewery, you can. And uh, you can basically start with your range of tasty brews, designing your bottles and cans, upgrading your buildings, and looking to satisfy your customers 
endless thirst. If you live in Vancouver, you know what I'm talking about. So you can uh, brew a bottle and ship to sell and grow your town into an absolute empire. If you want to make an almond-flavored stout, you can do that. A caramel nougat IPA? Got it. How about a giant orange-tinged beer that features a bear on fire? Sure, why not? So this is Brewtown. Uh, it is available for iOS, and it is a ton of fun. This is just a game, though, right? It is just a game. Yeah, there's no actual flaming bears that are harmed in the making of these digital beers. Streaming this week. This is the part of the show where we talk about what's uh, coming up on these streaming services. Of course, we start with the the big one out there, and that would be Netflix. Call the Midwife, Series 3 from BBC. A new midwife is on her way to join us. Our burdens will be eased immediately. I'm telling you now. I'm scared. I'm telling you right away. I think that was Series 7, sorry, not Series uh, 3. Uh, and again, called The Midwife, a uh, very popular show on uh, the BBC. But uh, again, you can catch it on Netflix. Next up on Netflix this week, we've got Cargo with Martin Freeman. This was kind of a cool one. we got to find a clever man. If you're sick, he can give you good medicine. If I don't make it to the hills... You're all I've got. You can't lose hope. This is an interesting story. I didn't even know this movie was out. It's, uh, again, I think a Netflix uh, original. It stars Martin Freeman. uh, Based on a a viral short film, it's a story of a man and his infant daughter who were stranded in the middle of a zombie apocalypse in rural Australia. And when he becomes infected, the countdown begins for him to find protection before he changes into a zombie and eats her. Wow, that's actually kind of dark. That's really dark. <laughs> it actually, uh, if you watch the trailer, uh, it actually looks pretty good. And Martin Freeman, anything he's in is like amazing. I would watch him read the phone book. So yeah, carry on. There you go. Next up on Netflix this week, Catching Feelings. We should be flying to somewhere exotic like India or South America, have magic mushrooms, run away naked in faraway forests. Mm. You can focus on your writing. And then we can talk about babies and a big house. We'll be deep in our 40s by then. And everybody will be going, oh, wow, what cute grandchildren you have. Come on, baby. <laughs> this looks like a, a fun romantic uh, comedy, I believe, out of uh, South Africa. Again, Catching Feelings on Netflix. Next up on Netflix uh, this week, The Legend of Tarzan with uh, Margot Robbie. We will never survive. I have done all I can to protect my family. Today, I buried my wife. Now I fear for my child. Uh, also starring uh, Alexander Skarsgård uh, and Margot Robbie. This is The Legend of Tarzan and available on Netflix uh, this week. Also uh, coming up here on the other streaming services, uh, we look at Crave TV now. The War is Not Won. Uh, This is one of the uh, episodes from Game of Thrones Season 4. And they have Seasons 4 through 6 coming online this week. The people love their king. They know I saved the city. They know I won the war. War's not won. I love 
this series. Uh, I think uh, the new or final season's coming out in 2019 now. We have to wait an entire year. Uh, so if you want to uh, catch up, again, you can hit Crave TV and catch seasons four to six. It'll keep you busy for a while. This next one uh, on Crave TV looks kind of funny. Detroiters. This is a new series uh, from executive producers Lauren Michaels and Jason Sudeikis, uh, both uh, from Saturday Night Live. I'm Mike Tussle, the tough lawyer. I'll fight for you and I'll win. I read all these books. It's one of our best commercials. I'm honestly proud. It's so good. Who makes that crap? I'm Mike Tussle. I know! They suck. I hope they die. It sucks like from beginning to end. We should find him and kill him. Yeah, well... Kind of, kind of a funny uh, uh, series. Uh, again, a comedy series called Detroiters uh, coming up here on Crave TV. This next one, uh, Graham, I think uh, you're a fan of, Drunk History. And uh, this is uh, season five, I believe. And this is basically people getting drunk and reviewing important events in history. Yeah, basically recounting key moments in history uh, as they happen while they're completely intoxicated on the beverage of their choice. Oh, wow. Prepared ice. Wait, wait, wait. Prepared ice? What's not prepared ice? Water. I'ma tell everybody. Wait, hold up. I'm toasty. Oi, listen. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, my God. Everyone's a pervert like I am. (laughs) This series is really whacked out. And again, the premise is they have people, real people, Mm-hmm. They get them drunk and then they get them to recount a historical moment. Yeah. So historians who are, it. you know, re-enacted. notorious drinkers. And basically, so you have famous actors then who are lip syncing along with what these people have, uh, the stories that they're telling, which is absolutely hilarious to watch. If you haven't watched Drunk History, take some time. Or not. I say make it happen. It's it's funny. Uh, next one here on Crave TV, Chris, Chris Gathard, career suicide, comedy stand-up special. I didn't know when I was 11 years old that this thing had a name, depression. I just thought everybody in fifth grade had an internal monologue like the guy from Taxi Driver. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, an HBO comedy special uh, presented by Judge Apto and uh, starring Chris Gethard, I hope I'm pronouncing that. Uh, well, his name looks like it's Chris Gethard, and it's actually Gethard? Judd Apatow, not Judge Apatow. It seems like you kind of com- combined him with Judge Reinhold. Maybe. So <laughs> I'm butchering everyone's names today. I like it. Uh, this next one, uh, Mommy, Dead, and Dearest, an HBO, HBO documentary film uh, on Crave TV. Gypsy was in a wheelchair. She had leukemia, and she was having seizures, and she had to be tube-fed. And then gradually that story fell apart. A mom is dead and a daughter, I guess, is suspected. Uh, Again, mommy dead and dearest. Let's switch gears now. And uh, we've got our creative app of the week brought to you by Vancouver Film School. Graham? So our creative app of the week is a really fun one. It is called Animation Desk. So Vancouver Film School, obviously famous across Canada and around the world for having one of the best classical animation departments uh, out there. So Animation Desk is the perfect tool for animating, storyboarding, and sketching. Loved by professionals and amateur am- animators, YouTubers, and art enthusiasts, it lets you draw frame by frame from scratch. So you can create animations uh, that you can use in videos, uh, you can create individual images, uh, Photoshop layers, all of this stuff can be used to create some really cool stuff as you're building animation. So uh, essentially you can take that, you can output this uh, and 
put it out in uh, MOV format and uh, PDF animatics. And you can actually do it in both widescreen and in four by three ratio. So a lot of fun out there for anybody who's uh, looking to get started with animating. The nice thing is this is actually enhanced for iPad Pro. So if you do have an Apple Pencil, um, a Wacom or a Donut Stylus, you'll be able to draw right on the screen uh, with all the great features like pressure sensitivity and so on that come with those really cool things. So that app is uh, Animation Desk. There are uh, microtransactions inside to buy different brushes, buy uh, subscription plans so that you can store your stuff online. You can get up to 500 gigabytes of storage online. Uh, and there are free trials available. So that is our app of the week from uh, Vancouver Film School, Animation Desk. When we come back from the break, we still have some more apps to talk about, including our fitness and travel apps of the week. So stay tuned. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back to the app show. Still a bit of time left here. Let's uh, get our fitness app of the week. What do we have, Graham? Our fitness app of the week is a fun one that a few people probably have heard of before. As the weather turns a little bit better, this is Couch to 5K. So this is an app that will take you from being absolutely sedentary, which a lot of us are through winter and early spring, to your first 5K run or your first 5K run of the season. It basically gets you through a number of exercises over the course of 30 days uh, where you can start with just walking and you'll be able to run your 5K by the end of the week. Uh, The nice thing is there's actually a companion app now which is 5K to 10K, which will take you to a 10K run after you've finished your 5K. I've got Couch to Fridge. Is that, is that a, a good app? That's, that's like the prequel. The pre- <laughs> this is kind of cool, Couch to 5K. So yeah. uh, I guess to motivate people uh, that might find it intimidating just to get into doing a, a long distance run like that. Yeah, so basically it starts with, with intervals where you start walking. It gets you to run for a little bit. It gets you to walk again. And it does the whole thing, kind of uh, narrating you through the process. If you want an even more fun app, you can actually do Zombies 5K, which is couch to 5K with a narrative where zombies are chasing you. Really? Really. Zombie 5K? Zombies 5K. And how do you know when they catch you? Uh, well, the, the storyline, hopefully, is if you're running fast enough, they don't. I've never not I've never been caught. I don't think they actually can. I think the storyline is just like, <laughs> come on, hurry up. So, of course, you would know about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah actually, I, I kickstarted that app back when it was called Zombies Run uh, on Kickstarter. You did. I did. Look at you. Yep. Let's uh, hit our travel app of the week. For that, we go to Christina. This week's travel app of the week is called Road Trippers. It's available on both iOS and Android. And this one, as you might guess, is made for road trips. It helps you discover millions of places like local diners, scenic points, national parks, and hotels based on your road trip itinerary. And you can share your trip with friends and they can actually add suggestions to your trip. The app is actually only available for the USA, Australia, and New Zealand. But of course, a lot of Canadians travel to the US and uh, do road trips down there in the summertime. So it might be a good one to check out if that's on your list of things to do this summer. That's cool. My son is down in New Zealand right now, so that would be perfect because he rented a car and his buddy's going to be joining him. Uh, they could use something like that. There you go. And they also have a uh, web app. So uh, if they need to collaborate, et cetera, uh, they can do that. It's too bad you didn't have this when you were on your uh, New Orleans uh, road trip, Graham. I, I think the record of that is probably best locked deeply away. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to our sister show, Get Connected. You can catch that here on the Chorus Radio Network as well uh, every week. Uh, Check out your local station to see if they have it. Uh, If they don't, because you're listening to this on a podcast, make them carry it. Uh, It is uh, broadcast uh, live from CKNW 980 here every Saturday from 10 to 11. 
And Get Connected is all about the world of technology, everything from connected homes to smartphones to digital cameras. We cover all of it. So it's a lot of fun. We've been doing it for 15 years, and we'd love for you to tune in as well. That website, getconnectedmedia.com, has got lots of great uh, tips and tricks on technology and all our latest uh, videos uh, as well. I want to thank uh, both uh, Graham and Christina for helping put this show together and, of course, uh, hosting This is Mike, Graham, and Christina signing off. We'll see you again next time here on The App Show. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.